We are learning Daf Tesvav. We're starting from the new parak about halfway down the Amid. So we've been pretty familiar with the concept. Shliach is bringing a get from abroad to Eretz Yisrael. That Takana was Midravana. He has to say B'fanei Nachtam B'fanei Nachtam. As we learn, everybody agrees that a purpose in saying B'fanei Nachtam B'fanei Nachtam is to be Mekayim the Shtar. To Mekayim the Shtar means to verify that the signatures are indeed not forgeries, and that prevents a future error from the husband who would come in and say, you know, maybe. Maybe the uh, maybe actually I didn't write it and everything is forged and it's not true. So we want to prevent against that happening. So the way we prevent against that happening is by making sure that the Shia says that verifies the signatures. Again, that's a new kula that Midrabanam was given to the Shliach that he can be Mikhaim the Shtaras, even though typically the din of Kim Shars is that two Adim are required to verify the signatures. An additional reason, which is true according to Rabbo, we learned is that we have concerns that a gittin that come from abroad were not written in the Shema. And the Shliach tells us that it was written in front of me and signed in front of me. We inquire for it was written in the Shema and we get our answer. According to both approaches, uh, it's necessary to say B'fanei Nechtaf, not only B'fanei Nechtam. The idea of the Shema is obviously ob- it's, it's quite obvious, but even in the, in the reason of, of Rava, where it's all about knowing that the signatures are, are, are legitimate, you have to say B'fanei Nechtaf. We learned the reason is that the Rabbanim wanted to distinguish this from a regular Kim Shtars. Normally, Kim Shtars requires two. Here you have a new Kula that we're believing the Shliach. So, therefore, we want to make sure that we're distinguishing in the sound, in the words, the testimony that the Shliach is saying. We want to distinguish it. And the way we distinguish it is by having the uh, Fanei Nachtav as well. So, now the Mishnah starts off when something goes wrong. The Shliach doesn't fully tell us what he needs to tell us. I mean, if you get from Dina Siyam, so we're to get. He said the first time, He didn't say that it was signed in front of me. He didn't say that it wasn't, but he didn't say that it was. Or in the inverse, it was signed in my presence. It wasn't written in my presence. Or even if he says the whole cat was written in front of me, but in my presence, only half of it was signed. What does that mean? What's half? So Rashi explains that means one of the two witnesses signed in front of him. Or he said, Half of it was written in front of me. All of it was signed in my presence. So in that case, we'll have to understand which half, right? What is the divisibility here? What's the first half and the second half in terms of the writing of the guy? What, what is that? And how much did he see? And why is it invalid? But evidently, that's what the Mishnah is saying. That if only part of it was written in my presence, even though it was all, he says that it was all signed in his presence, it's still no good. Furthermore, Shanaim Omrim... I'm sorry. One person says that it was written in front of me. Another person says it was signed in front of me. Apostle, it is no good. So what's the shot here that it's no good? We ultimately, we ultimately have, have a witness of a funny nefta. We have a witness of a funny nefta. So we'll have to see. There's going to be a whole discussion in the Gemara here. If both of the witnesses were shlichim or only one of them was. And uh, if we say that even both of them were shlichim, it's a much bigger chiddush. It's still possible because um, it's still, it's still, it still doesn't fulfill what we needed. We need that the one who says b'fanei nachtam also says b'fanei nachtam. Why? Because that's the way we distinguish it from normal kiyum stars. If you would have one one agent who's just saying b'fanei nachtam, so it sounds like he's just being mekayim the star with one with one witness. That's no good. The way the rabbanon distinguished that's the takana is that he says both b'fanei nachtam and b'fanei nachtam. Thereby, we understand this is no regular kiyum stars. But if it's not the same, if he just says b'fanei nachtam, even though somebody else said b'fanei nachtam, then his b'fanei nachtam seems like a regular kiyum, and so why is it good with one? So therefore, the rabbis didn't allow it, uh, didn't allow it through. Even though, again, if you add up to some parts here, you would see that we got everything we want. But if we don't have the agent who said b'fanei nachtam also saying b'fanei nachtam, then it is no good. 
Furthermore, we have two people saying the get was written in our presence. And another person saying it was signed in front of me, possible. It is, not, it is possible. So here it sounds like you have a third agent. Right? You have two people saying about the writing was good. Now a third agent says the signature was good. It's no good. Why? For the same exact reason we said it was no good in the previous case. The reason why we said it's no good in the previous case is because the, the one saying with Fanny Nachtam only sounds like he's just a regular Kim Stars. And how come it's good with one? People are going to conclude that Kim Stars generally can be a good with one. Therefore, again, the point is the one who says Befane Nachtam is required to say Befane Nachtam as well. Abhuda Master, Abhuda says that the get could be good. What's the shot? How could it be good? So Rashi explains, Abhuda Master, Rashi writes, given the Matsuricha since the court is requiring testimony about the writing, whether it's from him or somebody else. So not nobody's going to confuse this with a regular Kim Shtars. Meaning, according to the Rabbanon, the way the rabbis legislated it in order to make sure that it doesn't seem like a regular Kim Shtar is that the one who says Bifanei Nechtam must also say Bifanei Nechtam. The Rabbi Yudo says it suffices that the court who is accepting the testimony about the signatures is also requiring testimony regarding the writing of the get. So that will distinguish it from a regular Kim Shars. And in Achanami, Rabbi Yudha is not disagreeing only in this case where it was two people who are saying it was written in front of us and one is saying it was signed by presidents, but he's disagreeing as well with the case before where one aide says it was signed in front of me and one aide said it was signed in front of me. Rabbi Yudha would say it's okay. What do I need the same aide to say both points? As long as the point is that based it, is requiring testimony not only about the chasima but also about the ksiva, people will not confuse this with the regular Kim Stars. Last case in the Mishnah, Echad Omer, Mfanei Nechtam. One person says it was written in front of me. Ushnaim Omer Mfanei And two other people say it was signed in our presence. Kasher, it is valid. This seems absolutely simple, not a chiddush at all. Because here, there's nothing to be confused of. What do you confuse with Kim Stars? You have two witnesses. Okay, very good. That's what Kim Stars normally is. So basically, you're just getting a regular Kim Stars. So in conclusion, what have we learned here in the Mishnah? We've learned in the Mishnah that the Takana was the Shlech has to say both Again, the main reason for that is that A, you need to know the Shema. Great. That's why if you hold of that reason, you need to But even if you don't hold of that, even if it's like Rava, that's just like a Kiyom, the Rabbana were leaning to believe one. So how are people not going to confuse this with a regular Kim Shars? We have to be very clear. This is different. How do we make it clear it's different? What we do is we say that he should say Bifanei Nechtav as well. So if he doesn't say Bifanei Nechtav, then we're going to have problems. Certainly if he doesn't verify the whole thing, we have a problem. But even if he saw half of it in front of his presence, that's no good. Even if there are another two witnesses on the Ksiva, that's no good. It's pretty simple. According to Rabbanon, you always need the Shliach himself saying Bifanei Nechtav or Bifanei Nechtav. Zohti Gemara. Hatu Lamli. Why is the Tana starting off with this big Chiddush over here as if the second parak is going to tell us something new? That someone who's bringing the get from from, from, the, from Dina Sayyam, the agent has to say both on the writing and on the signing. That's the essential Chiddush of our Mishnah. This is something that was already taught to us in the opening Mishnah on the Mesech Maybe Yem Dina Sayyam it said someone who brought a get from abroad to Eretz He must say, So meaning, it doesn't seem like there's any room for leeway. He must say, Clearly, if he wouldn't say both of those things, the get wouldn't be validated. So why does our mission have to go through that point that if he wouldn't say both, it's not validated? Says the Gemara, If I only had the first Mishnah, I would say, You need to do a lot of things. He's required to say it, but that doesn't mean that the get is possible if he doesn't. Maybe it's only ideal that he says, that he says, The Rabbana were only misakin, perhaps, not to confuse it with Kim Stars. He should ideally say, as well. However, if he didn't, it would still be kosher as long as he verified the signatures. Kamash, one of the time, tells us, no. If he doesn't testify about both points, 
the Rabbanon passed up the get. If he said half of it was written in front of me, even if all of it he says was signed in front of me, it is no good. So what do we mean that it's insufficient to testify about half the writing? Which half are we referring to? Perhaps we would talk about the first half of the writing and still it's no good. Is that true? We had a discussion back in the first parak. How much does the... Uh, agent have to witness in order to testify was written lishma and what do we conclude? Even if the sefer is only running one rhyme for, for lishma, meaning the first line of the get is the most essential here, whereas the names of the parties and the date, and that's the one that the agent noticed was written lishma. We don't have to witness anything further. What's the pshat? It seems like that, 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 that's enough. We can assume that the rest of the get was written Lishma once we know the beginning part was written Lishma. Or in the reason that he's saying Bafane Nechlav, not to confuse it with other Kim stars. Once he says Bafane Nechlav on a little bit, that's good enough. So how could our Mishnah say that if, he only, that if he says half of it was written in front of me, it's no good. If it's referring to the first half, that shouldn't be true. It should be, actually, it should be sufficient. We should say that, 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 is, that is enough to make it okay. I'm talking about where he only witnessed the second half. So that doesn't do anything for us because just because you know the second half was written in Lishma, maybe the first half was not. So when it starts off with Lishma, it's an interesting idea, then you could assume that the Sofer finished Lishma as well. When I only come in to the set where the second half of the writing and he's writing Lishma, that doesn't, there's no indication, there's no assumption that the first half was written in Lishma as well. Okay, right. So the Shiliach here is saying it was all written in front of me. But uh, half of it, only half of it was signed in front of me, meaning I only saw one of, the, one of the signatures. The other one I didn't see, and we said it's no good. So now, the question is, what, what would we require now to make the get be good, right? We have one signature which remains unconfirmed. So, even if now two other people who were in agents, they come in and tell us that the second signature is good, possible it is no good. So, fascinating. You had the Shliach tell us, as a single witness, that one of the signatures was valid. He didn't tell us about the second one. Two other witnesses come from the street and tell us that the second signature is good. We're not going to say the get is good. My time, what's the reason? How could that be? Both signatures of Misa have validity on them. Says the Gemara, Either you could validate it through the regular Kim Shtaris, which means two witnesses on the signatures, or you could validate it through the Takana Midrabana that the Shliach should say, I saw it signed in front of me. But you can't mix and match. Two methods in front of you. Either the Takim Darabana that the Shliach says, or the standard method of Kim Shtaris where you have two signatures. But here you're trying to mix and match. The Shliach was coming on one signature saying, I saw a sign in front of me, and the other signature you're getting two, two witnesses on, you cannot mix and match in Takanas Darabonan. A fascinating, a fascinating idea here. Not such an easy one, honestly, to understand, but, uh, but, but that's what Rav Chista says. So, Basif Rav, Rav says, Me, Kamidi, how could it be? He challenges it logically. Such an obvious question. How could it be? If the Shliach himself, who's only one, would say, I recognize the second signature as well. That would be sufficient. Hashi, you could trade. Now that there's even more, you've upgraded to a second witness. Possible, it's worse. How could it be worse? Now, it's not exactly fair because it's not just an upgrade from one to two. It's also a different type of witness. It went from being a shliach on the get that the Rabbana were make to believe to two random witnesses. But the point that Rabba is making is very clear. The point is, how could two witnesses be any less than the shliach saying, I saw the signature? Rather, Rava disagrees. 
Of course, if two witnesses would come in and say, we saw the signature, second one, it would be good. But what if the other, what, what if it's the agent and another outside witness who are telling us about the second signature, then it is no good. Meaning if the witness, he tells us, I saw the writing in the get, and now he confirms both by himself, that, 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 that would have been good. But now that there's just simply a second witness, everything is no good. So this is even harder to understand because this, this is really, you know, just superfluous. Okay, just have, just, just have the second, second witness not say anything, right? In other words, like, he's, how can he mess it up because he's there? Here I have the shliach coming ultimately and telling me I know what the second signature looks like, but because there's someone else with him as well, it's no good. My time, how can this possibly be the case? The answer is, people will confuse it with a different case. Bekim Shtaros, the Alma, with a regular case of Kim Shtaros, we will extract three quarters of the money based upon one witness. So let's just understand what's going on. In our case, that's not what's going on. In our case, the shliach is believed fully on both signatures, right? He first told us about one signature. He's like, then I'm on of two. He's good. Then he eventually told us about the other signature. He's good. We, we have everything we need from the agent. We actually have 100% from the, from the agent. The fact that there was somebody else also talking about the second signature does nothing at all for us. It's not Myla or Mayur. We already have 100% from the Shleach. We're good. But imagine a different case. Now you have to talk about regular Kim Shars. Okay, no coolest drop button. How are you Mekayim Shtar? So the simplest thing is, if two witnesses say, we know both of the signatures. That's like textbook easy. Or another thing you can do, and this is fascinating, this is in the Mishnah Ksubis, you can have each of the, the, the people who signed themselves show up and say, this is my signature. That's good, okay, that's also fine. So either you could have outsiders, two outsiders say we recognize the signatures, or the signatures themselves show up and say, yeah, these are our signatures, fine, great. What happens? If one of the people is still alive, one of the people who signed is alive, one of them is not. So what happens? The guy who remains alive comes in and says, that signature, that's mine. So how much, how much of a percentage did he just do? 50%, that's 50% of the ages that we need. I, we need the other signature. So he and someone else from the market, some other random Joe testified that it's a valid signature. So it comes out that what did one witness do? 75% of the job. And one witness did 25% of the job. The Gemarang Suba says that that's no good. It's a fascinating halacha. Apishnaim edim yakum davar means that the edis has to be split 50-50. I do 50, you do 50. We testify about the same story together. We're doing it together in unison. Here, if you break down the validity of the shtar and the kim shtaros, it's 75% from one witness who says, A, that my signature is mine, and B, that I recognize my friend's signature. That's, he needs now his friend from the show to add on. I also know from the second with signature, and that will be doing 25%. Has to be balanced, cannot be imbalanced. So as a gzeira to that, in our case, if the shliach first says b'fanei on one signature, and on the second signature, he testifies with somebody else that it was, that it was b'fanei nachtam, that it was, that it was, yeah, it's not in my presence, that the signature is good, it's no good. People will confuse it with that case on Sulas. Now it's a very bad mistake, because in our case, the shliach is fully believed on both signatures. So therefore, actually, the actual guy with him talking about the second signature is Lomayla of Lomardi. He's doing nothing at all. We can have 100% of the testimony really coming from the shliach. But it's confusing with the case of Kim Shabbos. Therefore, in Darbanon, we said it's no good. So you're saying here, you're still, even though one shliach can cover everything right. because of Iguna, you're still going to get confused between Kim Shabbos? Like... You're going to get confused with that case because Itaka is very similar. In other words, it's similar in the sense not that it's the signatories themselves, but right. You already have one, like it's like you have the one on one signature and two on the other signature. 
So it's not really fair because here the one that I have on both signatures can do it all himself. Whereas in the case in Xubis, it's not like that. The, 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 the aide who knows his signature, he can do his signature by himself. The other signature, he can't. It's not true. It's not a great comparison. But you can see the room for a mistake. Therefore, I mean, the Rabbanon, we said, if, the, if you get a second guy with the shliach on the second signature, throw out the get. No good. However, Ravashi doesn't like that. Maske of Ravashi. How could there be a situation? If the agent himself just finished off the whole thing, he just said, all of it, kosher, it would have been good. Now that there's one rather written witness with him on the second signature, puzzle becomes puzzle. So throw him out. The point is, it's like, you know, you, sometimes you're saying, you should dominate, take it away from you. Meaning, how could something extra mess it up? If you wouldn't be there at all, the second witness, everything would be fine from the agent. So the presence of the second witness cannot make it worse. So therefore we assume, Rav Ashi assumes that halacha there would be okay. El Amar Vashi, what is the Mishnah coming to say? Afilo Omar Ani, who If Even if the agent said, I myself am the second witness on the get. So the first, the first one, he says, the first, for the first signature, he's saying, that I saw it signed in front of me. On the second signature, he's saying, I am that witness. So what is that? That's a kiyum. That's a kiyum. When a, when a signature comes in and says something. That is no good. Apostle is no good. My time up. Either you could be makayim the get with the confirmation, the regular confirmation of ours. You could use a regular confirmation. Or you could do it through the, norm, through the method of the takanas kachamim of using the agent. But here, the shliach himself is combining two different methods. What we're saying here is the shliach wants trying to do it all himself in two different ways. He's going to tell us that one signature is good because I saw it signed in front of me, employing the takanas kachamim to believe the shliach that it was signed. And then on the second signature, he's going to say, this is me. I am that. Use a kimshar to believe me as one on that one. You can't combine the two methods. Now, not an obvious question, but the thing to think about is that Rav Ashi is postling this case, where the shliach himself says, I am the second signator, that's, that's no good. However, the original case that we started off with, which was that if the shliach says, we find enough time on one signature, and the other signature, two witnesses to testify to Anan, Rav Chista initially wanted to say, puzzle, because you're mixing and matching methods. We rejected that because we said, how could it be? I've got two witnesses saying it's good. How could it be a problem? What was Rav Chista's lamdas law? Either or stars. we rejected him. We said, how could it be a problem? You have two witnesses on the second signature. But this case of Rav Ashi, where it's only one witness, it's only one witness, and he's trying to mix and match methods, there we say, so it's a little bit tricky. There were three different possibilities of things that were possible. The Maizah, the only one that sticks, Lamaskan Ravashi, is when the single agent is mixing and matching methods regarding the way that he wants us to know the signatures are good, that's no good. If he tells us on one signature, employing the Mishimiguna and then on the second signature, he's employing an idea of how one Eid could be Nemon in Kiyom Shtaros by saying, I am the, that, that signature, that cannot be mixed and matched, those two methods, and it would not be good. What, how could it be good? We would require him and another witness. We would require another witness to tell us that they know that the signature is good. All right. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, We learned if the, if the, if the Shliach here says it was all written in front of me, half it was signed, it is no good. What, what's happening about the other half? Meaning the Mishnah said, if, 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 the, if the Shliach said, if the Shliach said, half, it is no good. What, what, what happens with the other half? If we say that no one says anything, then that's true. 
It's true, but the problem is it's too obvious. Why is it too obvious? Even the case where the Shliach says, the get was written in front of me. And even though someone else says it was signed in front of me. One was testifying about the whole writing. One was testifying about the whole signing. Apostle, we said it's no good. We need the same Shliach to say, is it a Chiddush when only half of the signing was witnessed? Then the get is no good. Meaning the Mishra is going to go on to say, even one saying fun and one saying fun and nechtav, is no good. So then, obviously, if one shliach says fun and nechtav, uva fun and and we get nothing else about the missing signature, we get nothing on. Of course, that's no good. So the problem that we're asking is that the Mishnah then would be superfluous, which is an interesting question. We're going to eventually say, yeah, the Mishnah is progressing; it's going to get to the bigger kedushim as we go along. But it's almost unfair what the Gemara is asking. But the Gemara is asking that if we're going to have the end of the Mishnah, why do I need the beginning of the Mishnah? If I'm going to have the end of the Mishnah, say. If I see uh, one who says, I see the signing, one says, I, see, I, I saw the writing, that's still no good because they weren't the same person. Certainly, if I just have uh, stuff that's missing from the Aedas, one person says, I saw, I saw it signed in front of me and half of it signed in front of me, certainly that would be no good. Ella must be that the superfluous point here in the Mishnah is not when no one ended up saying something about the second witness. Someone did say something about the second witness and it's still no good. What's it alluding to? Oh, you could the Rava. Either could be the way Rava explained it. Remember, what was the way Rava explained it? It would be no good even if the Shleach testified with someone else about the second witness because according to Rava, that would be confused with Kim Staros with the 75-25 business. The Mishnah would be alluding to that case being no good. Oh, could the Ravashi, or like Ravashi's case, where the Shliach himself said, I saw one signature signed in front of me and I am the second signator. So that would be, or that, that could be what the Mishnah is alluding to. But one thing is, we're excluding for what Rav Chista said. Remember, Rav Chista was trying to say that even if two witnesses said the second signature was no good, we'll throw it out. You can't mix and match methods. But we don't, we don't agree with that. We don't think the Mishnah is coming to allude to that case. The Mishnah is either coming to allude to Rav Ashi or to Rav how, how is that a fair question, Rav Maybe Rav will say it's coming to allude to him. Like, why is that a fair kasha? The reason is because we, it's a smaller chiddush, right? In other words, we all, when the Mishnah excludes something, you always say it excludes the smallest thing you would know. You don't have a right to assume it would exclude something bigger. Who is telling me the biggest chiddush here that is no good? Rav Rav was saying even if one, the Shliach said one signature is good and then, and then two witnesses say the second signature is good, Rav said it's no good. That was the biggest chiddush that was said. The fact that all we have is a Mishnah alluding to one case being no good and we don't have the right to pull out that biggest novelty is itself, therefore, a question on Rav Chista. So Rav Chista says back, you know what? It could be the Mishnah is not alluding to anything. The Mishnah was just saying that if the Shiach didn't say, it's no good, there was nothing on the second signature. Every line in the Mishnah is alluding to another Why does the Mishnah bother in the first case? Right? Once I'm going to have the end of the Mishnah, what's the point of the beginning of the Mishnah? It was all signed in front of me, but it was written in front of me, but it wasn't signed in front of me at all. Well, why is that a chedesh? Once we're going to go on and talk about complicated cases, once I said it was signed in front of me, one guy said it was, it was written in front of me, it's no good, even though I have everything. And what's the chedesh of just saying one guy said it was written in front of me, that's no good? Ella, lozu afsu katani. Get it. The Tana of Mishnah is the style of lozu afsu which means we increase in novelty. It is a completely unfair question to ask. Once I have the end, why do I need the beginning? So too, I can say for our case, when the Mishnah said it was written in front of me and half of it was signed in front of me, and it doesn't mean, and on the other half, there's a whole tumult about what's happening. It's not alluding to any of that. What would the law in fact be? Not that the Tana was alluding to it, but what would the law be 
if afterwards two witnesses came in the street, came off the street and told us the second signature was good, could be I'm right. That Rav Chista, Rav Chista would defend himself that we would throw it out because you cannot mix and match two different methods. Okay. So now that we conclude that very interesting sugya in the approach of Rav Chista, Rava, and Rav Ashi, one thing that was clear here is that there's a concept. Let's get this concept here. Concept is that when you have different dinim, they both can be effective, but you can't mix and match them. And Rav Chista was most pronounced. Rav Chista was saying when the Shliya says that I know one signature is good and then two agents say the other signature is no good, the get is still invalid because we can't mix and match methods. Either you go through the Shliya or you go through the conventional Kim Shavs. Don't mix and match. Now, and even if we reject Rav Chista, but other sort of ideas between Rav and Rav Ashi. Now we're going to move where in Halacha, this is tangent, do we see a similar concept? where you cannot mix and match two different methods. So we're going to go to Hilchah Shabbos. A little, a little just introduction here is that on Shabbos you need mechitzos. Mechitzos can be uh, ten tefachim, right? That's what it needs to be, ten walls, ten tefach wall. But there's also a concept of having something like a, like a pit. A pit that's ten tefachim deep and four tefachim wide would be Rosh Hashayachim. Why? Because Gufa, the descent of ten tefachim, also functions like a mechitza. So what happens if I try to mix and match both? Amar chista, gidud chamisha mechitza chamisha. So gidud, it's tough to exactly to translate, but 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 but, but pashtus, what it means here, and according to Rashi, it means that I have the wall of a pit. So I have a wall of a pit that's five tefachim, and then on top of that, I have a regular literal partition which is five tefachim. In mitzarfin, they would not combine. Meaning to say, if I'm standing inside the pit, I'm not in a Rosh Hashayachim. If the pit is 10 Tfachim deep, I'm in a Rosh Hashayachim. But if the, if the pit is 5 Tfachim deep, and surrounding the pit is a Mechitza of 5 Tfachim, I'm not in a Rosh Hashayachim. My time, how could that be? It either is fully a partition from a regular wall, or fully a partition from the descent in the pit. But you can't have 5 and 5. Now, the Gemara just has a Machlokas on this, Darsh Marim Mechitzah, we can actually not like Rabbi Chista said. We actually, you could mix and match the methods. Taisvis Tainas that Rashi made a big mistake here. There's no way that the Gemara was ever talking about that case of the pit. It's obvious that that case is considered good. It was never a dispute about it because Taisvis says a very good point. From the vantage point of the person standing in the pit, it is just a straight up wall of ten tefachim. Meaning to say that it's roa pnei asara, and a roa pnei asara, whether it's made up of a wall of a pit or made up of a partition, why is that different? If you're standing inside the pit, that is a wall. It goes up. What, what, I just like, can't understand this. What, because it's not a literal wall? There's something different about being a wall of a pit versus a literal fence? What's the difference? From the vantage point of the person standing in the pit, it goes up 10. So Kinnira, that's where Rashi holds, right? Rashi holds that a wall of a pit is just like a different type of a mechitza, a different shame of a mechitza, and that's the, the exchange, could I, could I mix or not? Taisis didn't buy it. So what is, what, what is the sogi of a chlal It's very interesting. Sometimes there's a machlokas Rashi and Taisis. In this instance, it's like, they're arguing like what the sogi is. In, the, in Rashi, the sogi is that I have two different types of mechitzos in the sense that one is the literal, you know, like a picket fence, like a wall, and one is the, the blockage, the, the defined area of a pit. Two different forms of mechitzos. Taisa says, that's two different forms of mechitzos. You're inside the pit, you're looking up 10 tefachim, done. What is the case? So to know, if to know a little gishmak, a little gishmak here in Hechel Shabbos, there's something called a tel b'rshus What's a tel b'rshus A mound. What does that mean? A very steep mound, like just within like a, you know, a few, a few, a few tefachim radius, suddenly it goes really steep uh, incline. So the law is that on the top of the incline, if it's a 10 tefach incline within a very small 
uh, small, a small, a small change where it gets really steep. So it's a rishosayachet. Fascinating idea. That itself makes the top a rishosayachet. You might think it's like a, a mechitza, maybe functions on some level like that. But that's the law. What if it's only a five tefach steep incline? Now, okay, so I'm standing on top. I'm only five tefachim off the street, but I make a wall that's five tefachim high on the top of the incline. That's the sugya. I have an incline that's five tefachim high. And then on, on the top of the incline, I build a mechitza that's five tefachim higher. Now I want to know if the incline is a Rosh Hashayachim. That's the sugya. And that's a hard question because how far off am I from the ground? Ultimately five. I'm really using two different concepts, two different types of mechitza here completely. And that's a much bigger chiddush. I'm only five tefachim is separating me from, from where the street is. And still we're saying that, according to one opinion, that can be a tzirif in the mechitza and it can be a rishos Okay, and one opinion was saying now. So the Gemara, a little bit, nar, not, another case where we want to combine. Ba'i ilfa, netilas v'dayim here. Yadayim tahoros l'chatzon, can hands be, become tar halfway in, in half measures? Or they cannot become tar in half ways. Hey, what's the case? If you want to know if two people are washing from a cup that has a revius of water. So the question is, you need a, the cup to have a revius for it to work. You don't have to pour a revius on your hands, but you need the cup that you're pouring from to have a revius for Natil Sadan to be valid. So what happens if one person wash and then the second person wash from his remains? So two of them are sharing the same measure of revius. And you have a whole question if they could be Yotzev. That's obvious. That's a Mishnah Niyadayim. It's not revius in the time. As long as there was a quarter look of the water, then it's valid for not only one person, but for two people to wash. There's no din that each person needs a revius. As long as you started with the revius in the cup, it can be used for two people as well. Obviously, it's bizarre because what's the difference between, you know, after the first guy washed, so now there's less than a revius in the cup. What's the shot? It's good for the second guy. Oh, Shiloh. But said, that's the lumbus. Shiari revius. Once there was a revius, shiari revius are good for a second washing. So that's not our question. Maybe the question is a person washed his hands separately. Instead of pouring revias over both hands simultaneously, you pour separately. But that's again not a question. Let's say you can even have two different methods, right? There's an adin of Natil Sadaim where you pour water from a cup over their hands, or you can dip your hands into water. That's another method that is valid. If you dip your hands into water, which could theoretically be mikvah water, that's good. If it's Mayim Shuvim, which is not good for mikvah water, you have to pour it over your hands from a cup. But if it's fit for mikvah water, then you can just dip it in, right? Famous thing, you're on a hike or the ocean, you want to dip your hands in the ocean, it's very valid. You don't need a cup, it's a great way. You're at the beach, you're having a barbecue. That's the great way of doing the Nathil Sadaim. The Maiso, the Paskin, the Shabura, to know that you don't say Nathil Sadaim, say Tvila Sadaim, okay? Good little tidbit, nugget of information to know. But the Maiso, it's valid. So let's say I have one hand which was washed through a cup, and one hand which I stuck in the ocean. It's good. That's open Mishnah. So again, that can't be what we're discussing. Ella, third possibility. Maybe the case is where a person washes half of the hand separately. So meaning he doesn't do it all at the same time. He, he washes and he dries half of the hand and then he washes and he dries the other half of the hand. So maybe that's not considered a halachic washing. Maybe all of it has to be washed in the same moment. So they're, they're taka not purified in half, a half, and half. So that can't be what we're talking about. It's taka doesn't go. So it can't be what Ilfa was intending to say that it is good. Interesting to hear that that doesn't work. It's interesting to know that halacha has to be in the way like, you know, when you go into the mikvah, it's got to be your whole body at the same time. Similar, kind of similar to that. The hand has to be washed at the same time. So what's the case? The case is as follows. You wash half your hand and then you didn't dry it fully. It's still somewhat moist. 
the liquid on the part of the hand would still be moist enough that something that touched it would also become moist, right? So it's mashka tofech. Tofech means the moisture that's present, that remains, is still wet enough to make something else wet. So therefore, we want to know, is that sufficient? And that's what we're saying it could be. You have to wash your hands at the same time. What does it mean wash my hands at the same time? So if I wash my half my hand, dry it completely, and then wash the other half, it's a That's the din from Rabbi Yannai. But what if I wash half, it's still somewhat moist, moist enough it would touch, with something that touches it would become wet. Then we're saying that if I wash the other half, it would still be okay. So Akhti Kamar is that MS that it would work. What does it help the liquid on the hand is enough to moisten? It says in the Mishnah, if I have a stream of a liquid, or a steep slope where water is rushing down, or liquid sufficient to moisten, it doesn't make a chibor, it doesn't connect two liquids, not for, not for uh, passing or to make tahara. So what does this mean? Let's say I have liquid being poured between two cups, right? The classic scenario, I got a tummy liquid in a cup and I have a tar liquid in a bottle being poured and there's a stream of water which is connecting them. I don't say that the stream makes it one thing. Doesn't, the tumma doesn't travel, it doesn't travel through the stream. It's not a chibur. It doesn't, if it would become one food, then it would be, but it doesn't become one food through, 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 a, through a slope. Or if it's like a, running down a steep slope, the same thing, or mashka tofeach, the liquid is, is, is moist but, not, but, but enough to moisten but, but it's pretty much dried. It's got like, imagine a case, the, the, the Rashi explains the case to know where it's not, you have enough kamina. You have like a long trough where there's two pools of, of water on each end. One pool was tame, one pool was dar. And they're not really connecting, but in the middle of the trough where, you know, between them, there's a little bit of moisture from each one. It's not really one stream that's really connecting them at all. It's just there's a little bit of moisture in the middle. So we don't say that the moisture is enough to be mechaber them and say that, what, if, what, that, that the other one becomes tamen. The same thing is true here for tahara. What does that mean? If I'm trying to build a mikvah of 40 saw, it's got to be one unit, one mass. So if I have, you know, over here 20 saw and over here 20 saw and it's rushing between them, that's no good. Or the same thing with the trough. If I have 20 saw here and 20 saw here and they're not really being, there's no stream between them. It's not really one, one, one body of water. It's just that there's mashka tofeach in the middle. In the trough, there's a moistening which comes from one of them. That's not good enough to say that there's a chibor to connect them. So the same way we see that mashka tofeach is not a chibor in that context. So if I have a dime here, mashka tofeach shouldn't be a chibor. If there's a din, the hand has to be washed all at the same time. So if I wash half, it didn't completely dry, but even if it's mashka tofeach, it's not shot that that should be a chibor now to my other half that I'm trying to wash. So the Gemara says, It's even more moist. It's even more moist. What does that mean that it's more moist? It's so moist that something that touches it would become so wet that it would make something else moist as well. That degree, Taka is a chibor. Then it's considered, you know, a real presence of water here. So it's also not a chiddush. The Brisa says that something that is moist, moist enough, moist enough that something that touches it would become wet that it can make something else wet. It is a chibur. So we know already something that's tofeach that would just make something else moist is not a chibur, but tofeach le'atfiach is. So the is not a chiddush. So it is a chiddush because that price I wouldn't have known what it was means. I would have said it's talking about having 40 saw of water in a big fall. Rabbi Yudhi is referring to the following case. Very famous case here. It's not, it says in a mission, it says exactly 40 saw. The minimum amount, exactly. Two people go down to the mikvah, they went one after the other. So the first guy for sure is good. He went to 40 saw, Rishon Tar. The Shani is Tameh. Why? Because inevitably, 
when the first guy goes to the mikvah and he comes up, he comes up with some of the water. So by the time the second guy goes in, he's not going with 40 saw. If the feet of the first guy were still touching the water, meaning the first guy is ascending, his feet, there's water all over him, some of the water, which is part of the 40 saw, but his feet are still in the mikvah, even the second guy is tar. Why? The mikvah doesn't have 40 saw. Some of the water is on, on, on the body of the first guy. Terence says, reviewed the olds that were able to lower, view halachically, that all the water that's on the first guy's body is as if it is lowered and still in the mikvah. And we're saying that's only true if the water is tofeach, amenas, latfiach. That there's a degree of moisture that's on his body, which is so wet that if something else touched it, it would become wet enough that it can make something else wet. Then we could say, okay, the water's here, and it's just like it's lowered into the mikvah through this principle of good achas. But if it would just be a little bit of dampness, that's on the person's body as he's coming up, which isn't enough to create the tofeach menas latfiach, then it wouldn't be considered a chibar to the mikvah. So if I just had the price of saying tofeach latfiach chibar, I would say it's referring to that din of Rabbi Yehuda in regard to the water on the person's body coming up, whether it's still viewed as being part of the mikvah through good achas, it's only when it's tofeach menas latfiach. But a general rule in chibar being tofeach menas latfiach, I wouldn't necessarily know. In our case, where you have to wash your hands all at the same time, and I wash half, and most of it dries, but it's... It's still, it's still tofeach and aslat fiach. I wouldn't know that it's enough to be a chibor, and that's ultimately why we needed our statement to tell us that it is.